Is today the day the Cincinnati Reds start their own revenge tour? Can they perform against the San Diego Padres better this time than they did the last time? Are we finally going to be able to talk about a winning streak? All that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Stephen Offenbaker. Once again, Jeff Carr is hiding on a beach somewhere on the East Coast. So I have brought in some help today and we will get to him in just a minute. Uh, I've been covering the Cincinnati Reds in podcast form for the last four seasons. I have a passion for baseball, a passion for this baseball team, believe it or not. And I have turned that passion into information for you. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the upcoming series with the San Diego Padres. I know we're just coming off of a sweep out on the West Coast, but the Padres come to Great American Ballpark and hopefully uh, the Reds can do a little bit better against them this time around. And to help us talk about that, we have got uh, a very well-known voice in the Reds podcasting community. Uh, he hosts several different podcasts. Uh, he makes podcasting cool and he is uh, part of the three-headed monster, the trio, whatever you want to call it that helps run a uh, late night Reds talk. He is the one and only Tim Daniel. Tim, how are you doing? So I make podcasting cool. That's an honor, Steven. Thanks for that. You, you man. like that, right? Hey, listen, I yeah. do, I do superior intros around here. Do not forget it. No, you're, you do better intros than me. So I, I appreciate it, man. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be cool. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I'm super excited to have you here. And let's just jump right into a, a little bit of Reds baseball talk. I sure. know that uh, it's not been fun, I guess. <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of fun covering this team no, there's not. Uh, through that 11-game losing streak monstrosity. But hey, uh, you know, you win one, now you can build a streak. You can go out there and win more. So let's dig into this offense because that's really probably Probably if you have to point at the one thing that's really keeping the Reds in trouble right now, it is the offense. They, you know, they rank pretty much dead last in Major League Baseball and a lot of offensive, offensive statistical categories. And they just haven't really been able to put it together. Can you can you put your finger on the on one thing that really is just causing trouble with this offense from top to bottom? Well, I think the biggest thing is they're kind of replying on a lot of guys that they didn't think they'd have to rely on, right? I mean, you know, Tyler Stevenson is on the IL from his concussion in San Diego. Uh, Jonathan India, which it kind of sounds like he's going to be back today. Um, they're relying on someone to play in his role. Uh, I know Mike Moustakis has been terrible, um, to put it nicely, but, you know, that's still a bat they depended on um, throughout the year. And then you look at guys like Donovan Solano, who they signed, hasn't played ahead of bat yet for the Reds. Um, so I think that's the biggest one is, you know, you're – I don't think this team is as bad as three and 13. Truthfully. Um, I think that if you had these bats that you kind of signed for reasons, uh, things are a little better. You're not depending on guys like JT riddle and that's not a slight on him. You know, I hope the best every time he's in a reds uniform, but is he going to, you know, for all of the bad things we say about Mike Moustakis, are we more comfortable with JT riddle over there back getting at bats? I, I truthfully don't think so. So yeah, I think injuries are part of it. And I think, you know, we're well known now for, all this time that Joey Votto is a slow starter. 
Um, I know that he has had a higher whiff rate than we're familiar with with him, but I expect that that's going to change as the season goes on. He gets more at bats. Remember, we're dealing with a shortened spring training, so um, I don't know, man. I think uh, I think once they get these guys back healthier, um, obviously, you know, you got you got a lot of Pirates games coming up, so fingers crossed uh, that's going to be very helpful uh, in, the, in the weeks ahead. You know, it, it's funny. Last week on the show, I did talk about the fact that the Reds have been asking a lot of players to to do things they were never intended to to do while Absolutely. they were here. You know, Colin Moran batting against left-handed pitching. Uh, Mike Moustakis setting foot on the baseball field in a defensive capacity. Uh, things we didn't think we were going to see this year and we've had to see. Uh, so I think maybe you, you hit the nail uh, right on the head with that. Uh, talking about the return of uh, the reigning rookie of the year, Jonathan India, uh, you know, right before we started recording uh, – we were speculating who it would be that go down the transa- The transaction has not come through yet. Um, as we were recording, uh, you know, I think it's riddle. You indicated, you think it's riddle. Is there any other possibilities that really make sense uh, beyond him? I don't necessarily think so because I feel like they need all the outfielders they can get right now with all the injuries they've had. Um, you know, for all the downfall they've had, Tyler Daquin's been tremendous. And I know Aristides Aquino isn't everyone's favorite, but they don't really have another option there right now. Um, so I can't imagine it's going to be any of those guys. I think Riddle makes the most sense. He was really brought up. I mean, when Stevenson got injured to kind of get some at bats and kind of fill in that spot. And I don't know. Um, maybe Cole. I always get his name wrong. Kolvarski, the Kol- backup Kol- catcher. Kolsvari, Kolsvari. I think yeah. he's. I think he's Kolsvari. safe until Tyler. Yeah, yeah he's I think safe he's until safe Stevenson until. Comes back. Yeah. So yeah, I think Riddle makes the most sense. Yeah, I think I agree with that too. You know, uh, you you bring up Aristides Aquino. He drives me bonkers. Um, why anybody would throw him anyway, but a pitch low and away is beyond me. Uh, but there are guys, not him, that are starting to show signs of life. Uh, we've seen Nick Senzel shown signs of life. Two day, two games back on Saturday, he had extra base hit. On Sunday, he went two for three. Uh, we've seen Tommy Pham uh, get warmed up as, especially playing the Padres. So I'm hoping that he brings that yeah. attitude to this series as well. And then, uh, you know, our guy, Aleo Lopez, uh, we on this show um, have really been banging the drum for him to get an extended look and and wondering what else he has to do to just stick. And, you know, he had a couple hits on Sunday, and I'm hoping that maybe he can, uh, you know, play some third base and, and get some hits. My chief concern about Haleo Lopez is that, you know, obviously, look, 42 major league at-bats is not a lot to really, like, base off of. But in 42 at bats, he does have 11 hits, which is, you know, not terrible whatsoever. No doubles, no triples, no homers. How much aggression does he really give this team? I don't think, I mean, it's great that they have right now, they need all the guys that can get that can make contact. And he has shown the ability to do so. He, I mean, I think when you kind of saw that series in San Diego where he was kind of swinging out of the strike zone, I think he was just trying to make things happen because this team needed needs something, obviously, to go their way. Um, but you know, this last homestand, I know he didn't get a ton of at bats in the Cardinal series, but he looked more comfortable and I think he looked a little bit more reassuring. So, um, if he could just kind of, you know, extend the base paths, I think I'd be more comfortable with him in the situation like you guys mentioned, but right now in the situation they're at where Colin Moran can't really make a ton of contact and so on and so forth. Aristides Aquino, like you mentioned, um, I think he kind of is really serving his purpose right now. Like for the love of God, just get on base. I don't care what base you're on. 
Hey, you can't get them over and you can't get them in if you can't get them on. So let's uh, let's get whoever can get on base in this lineup yeah. right now. Uh, you know, it's uh, I have I have hoped I had hope for Mike Mustakis. I had hope that you know at least Arisiz Aquino would be serviceable. I had hope that if you put guys in the right positions, Colin Moran against right-handed pitching, uh, that there could be some success. So I think we're waiting to see if that's true, and and we're not going to find out until a few more people come back from this injured list. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I really feel confident that Tyler Naquin is going to continue this performance. Um, I don't know. I think he's, you know, he does so well against right-handed pitching. And I think he's really kind of, I mean, it's really, he's been pretty good in the field. I, you know, I think uh, you know, him and Senzel have been really good in their spots in the outfield so far. And uh, you mentioned Nick Senzel kind of coming alive. Joey Votto got on base three times Sunday. So yeah, I think uh, you're starting to see some more life. And like you said, when these guys start coming back and feeling in, I mean, Tyler Stevenson looked really good until he got injured at the plate. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm excited. I, you know, And Jonathan India, you know, he's kind of the sparker. You know, he's the guy that kind of gets things going. So uh, I'm pumped. I'm excited to see these guys back. Uh, you know, I am too. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Tommy Pham for a minute there. Uh, you know, he seems to be very motivated against the San yes. Diego Padres team. So, I, you know, I don't know if it was the fans booing him in San Diego. I don't know if it was just being back out there and, and playing this team that, you know, thought he underperformed and, and couldn't deliver any longer. Uh, I hope that it's a case that it's it's about the team and not so much that the fans had him riled up because I would love to see him go out and hit two or three home runs in this series against Padres. Yeah, I would too. And I think, I mean, if that is the case, hopefully he paid for a few Padre fans to come out and just be sitting right there above the dugout to say some things to him. Um, but yeah, I think that you know his confidence level seems to be going up. This is another guy who, I mean, we talked about how he signed, you know, he signed so short notice. Like obviously everyone's on a short spring training, but he literally signed like, what, two weeks before opening day? Um, two or three weeks, something like that. Um, so I think, you know, seeing him kind of get in his rhythm is really kind of making a big difference there. I know he wasn't trim. He wasn't awesome in the St. Louis series, but uh, yeah, I think that, you know, just seeing him more comfortable uh, as Joey gets more comfortable and gets more in rhythm, having him bat in front of Joey is only going to be get better. only going to help him. Well, I know that Jeff said he is willing to go down there and boo Tommy Pham every time. I think a lot of people are. Right? Whatever it takes to get those home runs for sure. Listen, I think the big takeaway from all of this is hopefully today begins the start of the Cincinnati Reds revenge tour uh, in earnest. Uh, Coming up, we are going to uh, kind of break down the same pitching matchups the same way we just did the offense. And there is a lot to talk about with this Reds pitching staff, uh, especially uh, with the amount of youngsters that have to uh, find a way to have some success against the San Diego Padres. Uh, If you want to know what pitchers that you should be betting on coming up this week, head over to betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting statistics and sports information. You can find all of the latest on sports developments, league reviews and news including uh, what's going on in basketball football draft coming up you can even bet on that Uh, also they've got everything you need to know about major league baseball and you know jeff's personal philosophy it's worked for me too anytime you see the colorado rockies a dog at home take them on the money line bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information and live betting Uh, they have got esports they've got las vegas casino style games and so much more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online it's where the game starts
All right, we're going to jump right back into some conversation about the pitching staff, Tim. I think that, uh, you know, I talked about it on yesterday's show. Uh, we knew when they had this many youngsters in the rotation and this many uh, inexperienced pitchers, there were going to be some growing pains, but that these guys all brought a lot of talent. And I think, uh, you know, my, you know, my eyeball test is all three of the of the big arms in the rotation right now, uh, Reaver San Martin, Nicodolo, and Hunter Green, are all heading in the right direction. You know, obviously Hunter had some bumps his last time out. And I really think that uh, he was just still tired from that uh, LA start. I don't know if you happen to hear any of my thoughts on that, but you know, my, my basic takeaway from that is with that much adrenaline and that much emotion going home and pitching in front of all of his family and friends and all of the Jackie Robinson celebration, I think he needed a couple extra days and I think he's going to bounce back and be just fine. But when you look at these youngsters, when you look at this pitching staff uh, that now is going to face the Padres again, uh, coming on the heels of, uh, of the Padres sweeping the reds, uh, what do you look for them to do differently? And can they do something differently to have a little more success this time around versus what time out on the West coast? Uh, well, yeah, first I want to mention, uh, kind of, piggyback off what you said about Hunter Green I was actually at the game Friday um so yeah it just kind of looked like he just wasn't like I thought he battled really well I mean I know he only went three and a third but uh when like it wasn't like he just like gave up or quit like you said I think he was just fatigued so I'm, I'll definitely agree with you there as far as this series if you look at the Padres offense they have four guys right now who are true very difficult outs um Hosmer's been great Jerson Prokfar has been great Manny Machado might be the best infielder in baseball right now um, Nolan Arenado probably giving him a run for his money as well there. Mm -hmm. But the way that those guys have hit, I think Manny Machado is like right under a nine OPS and the other guys are like right over eight. Um, and then from there, after those four, like the Hung Chung Kims and guys are not the best. So I really feel like if you can kind of just like be a little more careful with those guys, you know, I don't think Remar San Martinez any issues challenging a batter. He's not, you know, I've, I've seen him pitch a few, few, few times now. Obviously, like we all have, and yeah, he doesn't always have the best outing, but he's never been afraid to th like to you know challenge a batter, and I really respect that. So I think if you can kind of you know look at those guys, see where their weaknesses are, and just try to exploit those is obviously easy baseball talk. But just kind of like looking at when you look at that San Diego series uh, in San Diego, there's a lot of easy pitches that those guys can kind of get their whole hands on. Mm -hmm. I don't really know if they really could like challenge those guys as much. And I think that's going to play a big part there as well. And really, if you can just kind of get to those four guys, I mean, like Jerson Prokfar is unbelievable right now. He looks like the number one prospect in baseball, like he was all that time ago. Um, so that's just kind of going to be the big factor. If you can get to those guys, you know, hell, if you got to walk one to get to Kung Sung Kim and guys like that, go for it. Um, just kind of like, know your know, there's know what you're, what's coming at you and just kind of attack that way. And I really feel like this could be a much different series than it was the first time. I do wish Green and Lodolo were pitching in this series. Uh, mm -hmm. though Lodolo looked awesome Sunday. God, he looked so good. Oh, he did. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, I think Goody is also a guy who's not really afraid to challenge somebody again, may not always have the best results, but I appreciate that. And then this is what Tyler Malley's second. Home yeah. This so season? yeah, it is. We get home Malley this time. So, uh, He's going up against a right-handed pitcher and Nick Martinez from the Padres. Who's been their worst starter so far. Everyone else is like unbelievable on the mound. Mackenzie Gore's been awesome. Uh, Joe Musgrove's been awesome. So it's like, God. You know, I am excited that uh, in this Padres series, it's there. two of the three games is right-handed pitching for the Padres. Yeah, I big. mean, it is it is Musgrove throwing tonight against Reaver San Martin, but it's a right-hander. So, I mean, at least maybe there's some hope offensively for the Reds tonight. Yeah, I agree. Um, Joe Musgrove's obviously 
phenomenal. I mean, he's really good, but this is where the Reds are kind of with what they have right now. This is their best lineup as far mm-hmm. as like, you know, who's not available and who is available. So this is kind of your best chance to make some action. I know uh, Joey is always fond of seeing a right-hander on the mound. So that kind of gives me excitement. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're right, man. Um, you know, maybe Naquin probably bats lead off of India's not back today. So we'll see how it plays out. You know, when we talk about uh, Reaver San Martin, I, I agree with you that none of these young pitchers have really looked intimidated. They haven't looked afraid to go up and challenge hitters. I think with Reaver in particular, uh, the problem I think he's having is a command issue. If you look at his 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 walk rate, uh, I think there's where he's got to make the adjustments. He's yeah, going to have to trust the defense behind him a little bit. Uh, you know, let him put some balls in play, I guess, but you got to stop walking guys. The, you know, our good friend Cam loves to post that old animation from Riverfront Stadium uh, that says walks will haunt. And when Reaver's pitching, we see that we see that animation a lot that walks will haunt. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, if you look at so far right now, I'm kind of looking at his numbers as we speak. Um, so last year in his two starts, obviously they were the Pirates at the end of the year, 11 strikeouts, two walks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year so far, eight strikeouts, six walks. So yeah, I think it's a lot of command issue. I think it's a lot of really also, yeah, I think you make a great point about not trusting the defense behind him. But also this is a guy who kind of has gotten by on his fastball for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you're seeing Hunter Green make that transition of using his slider a little more. You're seeing Nick Lodolo use other pitches as well besides the sinker. Um, I think it's just kind of like figuring out that second pitch for him is going to be such a big deal for like moving forward because I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I think what I've seen from him, I think he can really be a good serviceable major league pitcher. And so, I, yeah, I think once he gets that command in order, I think that can make all the difference in the world for him, especially just relying a little less on the fastball and seeing what else he can bring to his uh, – to to the route to the mound. Well, let's talk for a minute about the non-youngster going in this series, and that's Tyler Malley. Uh, mm-hmm. Much much talk has been spent on road Malley versus home Malley, and and this year so far, it, it it hasn't really looked that way. He's had flashes of very very good and flashes of not so good in both home and road starts. Uh, what do you expect to see from him in this start? And again, as you mentioned, he's going up against probably uh, San Diego's worst starter in Nick Martinez. So there is some opportunity for him to to have some success and get a win in this game. There is. And I think if you like break it kind of down more and more. So if you go back to that start against the Guardians, um, a lot of that was his defense not really having his back. You look at the Dodgers series and yeah, he gave up what, seven runs or so. Um, it was a lot of soft contact. You know, mm-hmm. if you like, it was a lot of like balls just kind of landing where the defense wasn't. And uh, a lot of that's not necessarily his fault. I'm pretty high on Tyler Malley still, and mm-hmm. I think he'll be fine. Um, I think this is a good start for him. You know, San Diego has a lot of like, he seems like he kind of does get up in these games, too. I've never really seen him get his ass kicked by the Cardinals where it's like, I don't know, can I say that here? Yeah, you can. You're fine. Okay. All right. I kind of thought I was on my show for a second. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I, no, no F-bombs, but we can we can roll with that one. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, it seems like you know, these San Diego's, these St. Louis's is when you kind of see Tyler Malley be Tyler Malley. And I know mm-hmm. I'm saying that after a rough Dodgers outing, but like I said, like that was a lot of like soft contact bloopers, looping liners, kind of like not going his way. So um, I suspect that he knows this team really needs a win. I suspect he's going to be locked in. And I think we're going to see more of the Atlanta Malley. And, you know, Let's not forget that Dodgers lineup is probably one of the best right. regular season ever? lineups ever assembled. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know, it's not like he was going out there facing the Pirates and the Orioles. I mean, that was a legitimate uh, powerhouse lineup that he was going yeah. against out in Los Angeles. 
Yeah, that's that's a, that's a really good point too. Um, you know, you look at how he handled the defending world champions in Atlanta, and he was so good in that game. And I think that that's just kind of like, and you know, I know they've obviously lost guys like Freddie Freeman and so on and so forth. Um, but you know, Jorge Soler is not there anymore. But I think this is a good uh, good matchup for them. I think it's a good matchup for him to kind of get back on track. I know he wants to show that he can pitch a great American ballpark, and so this is gonna be this is gonna be the day to really show who he can still be. And I'm I'm looking forward to it, especially while I think Luis is gonna have one more rehab start, from what I understand. So mm-hmm. coming back, it's coming together. I've been I've been saying for a couple of days now, uh, help is on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give us all Listen, the help you possibly can on the way. Right. I think the I think the big takeaway when you look at the pitching is that the wins might not be automatic, but if the pitching is on, it can help keep the Reds in a game, and then it just boils down to the offense and what uh, they might be able to get done. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about some fun baseball things, and we also are going to touch on. Phil Castellini, we got to talk about it for just a minute. But before we talk about that, I do want to talk to you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto has all of the auto parts you need to keep your ride running. Whether you are rolling around in a 64 and a half Ford Mustang, look it up, it's a thing. Or you have a brand new 2022 uh, Honda like Jeff rolls around in, Rock Auto has the parts that you need. They're going to save you from having to make that run down to the parts store where they may or may not have what you are looking for when you need it. You can log on to rockauto.com, order your parts, and they will be delivered right to your door so that you can keep your ride running smooth. Uh, When you get to the checkout section over at rockauto.com, you're going to find that the prices are lower than what you would pay heading to the neighborhood auto parts store. And if you tell them that, uh, Jeff and I sent you from Locked on Reds. We would really appreciate it. Just type that right into the comment section. You're going to get a great deal on the auto parts that you need. You're going to keep your ride running smooth, and you're going to be able to get where you need to be. RockAuto.com. And don't forget to tell them Stephen Jeff sent you. Make sure you are following the podcast on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs because spelling is hard for him. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. That has no Fs. Uh, Also, make sure you are subscribed to the show on YouTube. If you're watching us there right now, thank you very much. Click that subscribe button. If you haven't done that yet, if you're in our audio only feed, head over to YouTube, click that subscribe button. There's lots of exciting video content coming. You're only going to find right there. All right, let's get right back to it with our man, Tim Daniel. Tim, uh, let's talk a little bit of fun things and let's talk a little bit of Phil Castellini. Let's do, let's do the bad before the good. Polar opposites. Yes. Yeah, Let's do the bad before the good, because, uh, on yesterday's show, I, uh, took exception to the Reds forcing fans to remove the, uh, bags over their heads that said, sell the team Bob on them. I, I took exception to the fact that a publicly financed, publicly funded stadium, uh, was having some free speech implications. And I know the reds rent the place. They lease it. They can do what they want. Uh, but I really hope that, uh, somebody in government puts a little pressure on them. Maybe that's what happened because the reds have announced that they'll be okay. If you want to go ahead and wear a bag over your head that says, sell the team, Bob, first of all, it's not up to them. It's not their say, uh, really, I don't think. But did, did you, what is going on at Great American Ballpark? It is just one PR nightmare after another. Yeah, um, it feels like it's become um, the way, like, we, we joked about it on, on our show. It's become very circusy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and it's, uh, I'm not, you know, if you listen to Late Night Reds, it's, you're, it's pretty obvious. Like, I'm not Mr. 
sell the team, Bob. I'm not that kind of guy. It's not that I'm pro Bob Castellini by any means. It's just I don't I don't care enough. You know, <laughs> I, I don't I don't watch I don't watch baseball for what's going on in the front office. I watch baseball for what's going on with the team, and that's obviously been terrible too. Um so but yeah, I think you know this is the Reds. I mean, it's you know, this is a major league baseball team, this is national public thing, and I understand i totally understand the reds fan base feeling betrayed feeling hurt um you know you get attached to these guys and they and then they, they move on um nick castellanos is it past few interviews with chris rose and those guys those espn art uh articles haven't been very very nice by any means and you know with phil coming out and or, or you know kind of talking about like issuing his apology to the organization and the workers there like saying his emotions got the best of him like We've all had our emotions get the best of us, but not to that extent. Mm-hmm. Not that we, and he, we didn't. And he, he doubled double down. down. Yeah, he doubled exactly. down on it. <laughs> it's one thing if, like, you know, you do the thing with Mo, and you're like, you say these things, and then when Brandon Seho comes, like, and Brandon's my guy. Brandon, I'm so glad you're back at work, man. It's great to see you. Um, and you know, when Brandon asks him that, it's one thing if he just goes, you know, yeah, you know, I put my foot in my mouth. I said too much. I was just kind of, you know, I got it got the best of me. I apologize. We're probably still talking about it, but we're not anywhere near as frustrated with it as we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when he's just like, well, you know, we just got to kind of root for the team. Like, no one ever said they weren't going to root for the Reds. Like, I got to you know, tell you, that Brandon Seho interview, it, I love watching it because Brandon keeps looking back at the camera oh, like, man. Are, are you getting this? Are you, you better be <laughs> recording. Are you getting this? I mean, it, it, was, it was amazing. But so yeah. you, you alluded to the apology he sent out to the organization and saying mm-hmm. that, you know, they got away from him. He was emotional, et cetera. I don't think anybody's buying that for a, no. a multitude of reasons. Uh, first of all, look how long it took for him to do that. Secondly, you know, Again, with the 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 written apology, uh, maybe he's not allowed to go in front of a camera ever again. I'm not sure, but you know, I think if the Reds were smart, they would they would keep him locked down for sure. Yeah, I think um, we talk about this a lot too. Is this like it's not just him? It seems like this organization has this really strong inability to kind of not say the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think Nick Carroll's a good baseball mind. I know many people disagree with me. Um, but when he talks, he doesn't look like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he really does have a good sense of baseball, and everyone I've kind of talked to understands like he, you know, he knows the rule book in and out and all that stuff. But I also think that he has the shortest leash of probably any general manager possible right now, um, with what he's allowed to do and mm-hmm. what he can do. But it's just like they need some PR person. I don't care if it's someone who stands right next to them in an interview and is like, no, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. Like, don't answer that. Like, that's fine. They need someone to do so at this point. And like, I, that's okay. Like, it's, you know, they're not the best at talking to people. Like, that's fine. And um, this isn't me like trying to terrorize it, like, they didn't just say horrible things about the organization by any means and tear them down. Um, it's just, it's like the message you're sending is what's more frustrating than the actions you're doing. Okay, you trade Jesse Winker, Nathan and Suarez. Yeah, fans are going to be mad about that. But give us a reason why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then when you're saying like, okay, we do, we made all these moves, we still believe we can compete for the playoffs. Like, first off, saying only playoffs is mind-blowing to me. Like, we're here for championships. We're not here for postseasons. And mm-hmm. I know that that, may, that could kind of strike some people the wrong way when I say that, but because it's we know we want any little thing we can get, but it's just kind of like, Knowing what to say and not to say, we can say what we want about Walt Jockety. Um, 
you know, when he was in, when he was a GM, like he probably put his foot in his mouth a couple of times, but he also probably knew the right thing to say at times. And right. like when he did say, you know, he sent the right message of like wanting to compete and stuff. And I feel like this team means well, and I feel like they want to send the right message that they want to win and compete. It's just not coming off that way. Well, let's talk about something fun for a minute. Yeah, and, you know, I've been I've been looking around. I've been looking around baseball for the last week or so, and there's been some stuff. There has been yeah. some things that have happened both in the major leagues and in elsewhere in baseball over the last week, week and a half. That are you're you're just like wow. Um, I've never seen that happen on a field before. Uh, so let's start with Mike Trout's home run. If you haven't seen it yet, it's basically a check swing opposite field home run down the right field line, and I just can't figure out how that was possible amazing is the, the things that he has the ability to do they're just so mind-blowing um not to mention he has shohei otani on his team so that's you know it's amazing this team has not played in the playoffs as much you know so much mm-hmm. um that was unbelievable i watched it because i have shane bieber in my dynasty league so uh-huh. of course i was kind of keeping an eye on that and um so that was kind of a little disappointing for me on that end but Mike Trout's Mike Trout. I mean, he's must-see TV. It's a shame that baseball does not promote him the way they could. Another one of the fun things that I saw this week was uh, Kyle Schwarber, who you may or may not know is from Middletown, Ohio. Oh, he is? Uh, Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, remarkably. uh, Nobody's telling us that. So uh, that's information that needs to get out there. That's right. Yeah. But he absolutely lost his mind on Angel Hernandez. And I was there for every second of it. He was was calling Angel out for the way he was calling against the other team, for the way he was calling against the Phillies. I mean, he went and lost his head. And I want to tell you that Angel Hernandez – is the reason that I am blocked by the Major League Baseball Umpires Association because I went on a whole rant a few years back about them having the courage to do something about Angel Hernandez, and they blocked me. So you'll be a regular listener on Joe West's podcast when it launches? Oh, I'm, I'm there for it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved what Schwarber did, too. Um, I think that we kind of – we see this around all sports. I mean, I think I, I cover the NBA as well on my other shows, and – the NBA officiating the playoffs has been brutal, just absolutely abysmal. And almost like at times ruined the game. Um, but yeah, just seeing that kind of seeing the players stand up for themselves, whether it's their team or another has been great. And I really appreciate it. I think Andrew McCutcheon had one fairly recently too with Milwaukee where he kind of lost mm-hmm. his cool and kind of talked about some of it, some umpiring as well. Um, yeah, I think that that's just kind of, it's been a lot of fun to see and a lot of respect, you know, Angel, I think like a bunch of players tweeted like support for him too uh after it was out so that was pretty cool like i see kind of i like seeing the players kind of unionize and coming together like that you know it's it's funny because you don't expect it as much anymore uh, replay has taken a lot of that away as far as stuff i mean you know no more lupinella's throwing the base out into the outfield no more things like that because the you know you just go to the video but the balls and strikes are the only thing we have left and that's why uh, i don't know that i want the automation because i still like to see a guy get run every once in a while yeah, I agree. Um, and especially like, you know, we're already making enough of transitions with universal designated hitter, um, which I like, I, I do like. Um, and then, you know, the new uh, pitch sequence as far as like not giving signals, which also I'm really a big fan of. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, kind of keeping some of the original there. I mean, apparently, we're moving towards playing everybody once a year now, which I really hate, but that's because I'm an old time baseball fan and mm-hmm. I know it's very good off my lawny of me, but why have leagues at that point? So, right. uh, yeah, you talk about fun stuff, man. Are you watching the Mets? I have not have watched very much of the Mets. I've, I've been kind of on a stretch where I'm just squeezing in the Reds games right now, but 
Hit me with They're it. Fun. What you got? They're fun. They're so fun, man. Uh, Max Scherzer's obviously awesome and, you know, pitched really well yesterday. They had an epic comeback last night against St. Louis. Obviously, every Reds fan's going to be happy about that. Um, they were down 2 nothing in the ninth and scored five runs to win. Um, wow, They're 13-5 right now. Yeah, man, they're they're so good. And I think like I kind of sympathize with Met fans because they've dealt with a lot of what Reds fans have. I know they've played in the World Series in the last decade, but you know, they've had a lot of the same issues we have as far as like the lack of trust with their organization, their front office. Uh, so seeing them do well is cool, even though I'm still forever angry about the 1999 one game wild card. Oh, um, yes. I'll yeah, I'll, I'll never be able to drop that ever, but the Mets are a blast, man. They're a lot of fun to watch. You know, another fun team uh, for people looking for some late night baseball uh, to go along with your late night theme is uh, the Cincinnati Reds West that play out in Seattle. Uh, yeah. They are a fun watch right now as well. Uh, and, and and it's it's easy to root for them because they've got so much guys that you can cheer for that have come from Cincinnati. Watching Gino and Winker out there uh, with that team that they've assembled is a lot of fun as well. Yeah, they've won eight of their last 10. Um, I always keep an eye on Seattle because so happens, weirdly enough, like all of my favorite baseball players of like my childhood and my lifetime, not named Joey Votto, have been a Mariner at some point or another. So like it's always like that's always the team I've kind of always kept my eye on. I've got some mm -hmm. Mariner gear that I rock here and there. Um, but yeah, so like they're always a lot of fun. Um, I love the Sunday white jersey. I think it's one of the best in baseball. If only fanatics would let you buy it, you know, that'd be weird. That'd be what a crazy business idea um <laughs> but yeah they're they're a lot of fun they're in first place right now too so you look at those two and um i think houston's gonna get fine at some point i think they're gonna be able to put it together because they're too talented so that could be a really fun three-man race in the west all right well before i let you get out of here why don't you tell everybody uh, about your show and what you guys have got going on and how they can find it and and what's coming up Sure, absolutely. So uh, we are Late Night Reds Talk Live. Uh, we're part of the Believe Podcast Network, so rivals of the Locked On, I guess you could <sighs> say. Same sponsors, though. You know, bet online and all that. So Bet online and all that. Yeah, I got that wrong one time on a show Stephen was a guest. So it's, That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're all, every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we, are, we actually do our show live. And then if you can't catch the live stream, uh, we do put it up the next day on podcast. Nick Kirby, our producer is the man he puts it all together for us. And I'm so grateful for everything he does for our show. Um, you can check this out. Like so on Apple podcast, Stitcher, all the same places you can check on any other podcast. And also we have merch. Now you can buy t-shirts and support the brand. So that's pretty cool. Late night reds. .com. You can check us out on Twitter at late reds. Um, if you have a TikTok, we're on there with the same name, late reds as well. You can see me celebrate the lose, the uh, ending the losing streak last week with Stone. Oh, Cold I Steve saw Austin the beer style. smash. Yes, sir. <laughs> I saw it. Double fist in the beers. I love it. Yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, we have, we try to be really lighthearted on the TikTok just to have some fun with it because we know that this isn't very fun right now for reds fans. So we're trying to make it the most fun we possibly can. All right, Tim. Well, I appreciate you being here, and I think that will probably go ahead and wrap up this edition of Locked on Reds. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's podcast, we will continue to uh, talk through the San Diego Padres series at Great American Ballpark, and hopefully we are talking about a Cincinnati Reds winning streak. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Now make Locked on MLB your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. Locked on MLB, just like Locked on Reds, is free and available wherever you get your podcasts on all 
platforms. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds are working on building a winning streak. The Revenge Tour starts today, and I will be locked on Reds for you every single day. We'll see you next time.